Hello and welcome to the AO Show, the official podcast of Australian Open 2020. My name's John Huvenaz and I'll be steering you through each and every day of the main draw, bringing you the latest developments from the court and beyond. Today on the show, we dissect the men's and women's singles draws ahead of day one. The biggest threat that looms for Ash is in the quarterfinals. If the seeds were to hold, she would play Petra Kvitova in a rematch of last year's quarterfinal. And we learn how the AO is helping with the Australian bushfire relief effort. Fire keeps on going and there's a lot of people in need. So I'm really glad that we got together and hopefully we can collect and gather as many donations as possible. That's all coming up on The AO Show. Well, the singles draws are all but locked and loaded with some tantalising matchups on the cards for day one, which sees the likes of defending champions Naomi Osaka and Novak Djokovic, plus Ash Barty and Roger Federer. Barty has Lesia Tsurenko first up and won't face a seed till at the earliest the third round. But it won't be all smooth sailing for the world number one, according to OzOpen.com's Matrilope. The biggest threat that looms for Ash is in the quarterfinals. If the seeds were to hold, she would play Petra Kvitova in a rematch of last year's quarterfinal. But in the last year, Barty's turned that head-to-head in her favour, um, has won the last two against Kvitova. That's no longer the as threat- potentially as threatening matchup as it used to be. The second quarter of the women's draw could dish up a rematch of the 2018 US Open final between Osaka and Serena Williams, if they both manage to make it through. But this is a pretty dense quarter. There's a lot of people in here that um, would be threats to that and looking to kind of, you know, prevent that matchup from happening. Um, the one that leaps out at everybody is just a few slots below Osaka in the draw. There's Venus Williams playing Coco Goff. If Goff were to advance, she'd have a potential third-round date with Osaka, a rematch of their US Open match from last year. Another contender is Kiki Burtons, who's drawn Irina Camellia Begu in a quarter also featuring fifth seed Alina Svitolina and 2016 champion Angelique Kerber. To just get a few matches in, uh, I think it's good, um, especially some really tough fights. Um, had also lots of fun with, uh, with Ash in the doubles, so uh, yeah, it was a good, I think for me it's a great start of the season. Burton's run may be made easier by the news that Kerber is racing against the clock to be fit after a hamstring injury forced her retirement from the Adelaide International on Wednesday. I had a really intense uh, preseason, and um, I mean, of course, it was maybe not the best start of the year for me. But um, right now, I'm um, just trying to taking the best from the last two weeks and uh, looking forward uh, starting the first Grand Slam of the year. The men's draw has also dished up some tasty prospects. Roger Federer, who plays Steve Johnson first up, could be on track for a fourth round clash with Denis Shapovalov or Grigor Dimitrov while defending champion Novak Djokovic has to contend with Stefanos Tsitsipas or the inform Roberto Bautista Agut. That would be, if the two of them met each other in the fourth round, Tsitsipas and Bautista, that would be a rematch of their quarterfinal here last year, um, which Tsitsipas won. The winner would get through to play potentially Djokovic, so that's a nice, uh, pretty dense quarter of the draw. Injury has already forced the withdrawal of Australia's top men's hope, Alex Demenor, who made the difficult call yesterday. Yeah, well, it's not great. Not gonna lie. Um, obviously, it's a week of the calendar uh, that I really look forward to and put in all the hard work for. So it's uh, pretty devastating to miss out my my home slam. 
Demonor's exit means Milos Raonic has clinched the last seeding and will play Moldovan Radu Albot in the first round. But even in his 10th Australian Open, the former world number three is still feeling the pressure of the big stage. I think you get a little bit nervous. You get a little bit sort of sweaty in the palms, this kind of thing. And especially the first match when you step out each year. It's at the beginning of the season, coming out here in Australia, wanting to do well, wanting to do well in Melbourne. Stan Wawrinka's drawn Demir Zuma with John Isner and Daniel Medvedev possibly to follow. The 2014 champion in a positive state of mind. <laughs> it's really good, positive, happy, happy to, to be back here, happy to get another year on the tour, uh, enjoying what I'm doing, enjoying practicing. I've been practicing really well, so I'm excited to start the tournament. Karen Hashinov has a qualifier in the first round, but could go on to a third round showdown against Nick Kyrgios the winner of which would likely face Rafael Nadal in the round of 16. When you have a pre-season, it's a kind of uh, to have some time off uh, from the tournaments and to try to you know, have a lot of practices, try to gain this confidence in the practice first and then try to deliver it on the court in the matches. The first round of the main draw gets underway on Monday. This is going to be a long, hot, dry and dangerous fire season and all of us in that shared responsibility have to play our part. The bushfire disaster in Australia has escalated to a level never seen before. A fire now the size of Belgium with no relief in sight. For all of the excitement that the Australian summer of tennis brings, there's an overwhelming sense of grief across Australia, which has been devastated by bushfires for the past two months. As this episode goes to air, more than 186,000 square kilometres, or 72,000 square miles, have been burned, killing at least 29 people, an estimated 1 billion animals, and destroying close to 3,000 homes. But the tennis world has responded swiftly and generously. Kickstarted by Nick Kyrgios's pledge of $200 for every ace served, a growing number of players, tennis bodies and fans have jumped on board the fundraising effort, including the Australian Open, who, with the help of a dozen of the biggest names in tennis, staged the AO Rally for Relief earlier this week. Tournament director Craig Tiley was blown away by the response of the players and the 15,000 strong crowd. It was a magnificent night. I think having a full stadium, um, having the, you know, the superstars of the world of tennis uh, participate and, and enjoy what they did and did it the way they did it and enjoy it was fantastic. And then I think the number of people that have watched it, watched it around the world. I mean, this was uh, probably the first time we've had an event like that that's been broadcast globally. You get those superstars together and, and, uh, and it's in a different environment, different climate. Uh, their interactions with each other and, and uh, they were having a good time laughing and teasing each other and having some fun and that was, that was pretty cool. I'm ready. Yeah, I don't, you warmed up. I don't even worry about it. I'm up. <laughs> we wouldn't mind if you both did 90 seconds of hitting a target uh, one at a time. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> Serving? Or? No, no, no. Someone, uh, someone will just feed. No, no. Slicing. Slicing. <laughs> Among the other players to put their names to the event were 2018 AO champion Caroline Wozniacki. It's very special, you know. Um, we have this platform to be able to help people that obviously we need it right now so you know I, I love that the whole country and the whole city has gotten together and uh, raising money for the bushfires and seven-time champion Novak Djokovic the fire keeps on going and uh, there's a lot of people in need 
and a lot of wildlife in need. So I'm really glad that we got together and hopefully you can have fun, enjoy the event and collect and gather as many donations as possible. Serena 22-time Grand Slam champion Todd Woodbridge was broadcasting the event and says it was encouraging to see the tennis community coming together to support the bushfire relief. It was great fun, different to be able to see our champions commentate on their own match, if you like, because they're all marked up. But when we see the players in that relaxed state, like we, we see them so intense all the time and we feel like we know them, but you, you get a real opportunity to, to sense what their real personalities are like off the court. And that's what tonight was all about, um, particularly you know in the doubles format and the fast four that we saw. And then it was a, a treat for the, um, for the fans that were in Rod Laver Arena to see Roger come out and play Nick Kyrgios. That was quite special. Among the Rod Laver Arena crowd was teenager Zach Jolly, whose family lost their home in the bushfire that struck Malakuta on New Year's Eve. I got a text from my mum saying, you need to come home straight now, the, the fire's come and we've got to get out of here. So she organised to get on a boat with a family friend, so we hopped on the boat, went out the lake, and we woke up at about 8 o'clock and it was just still pitch black and we're like, is it like 4 o'clock in the morning or what? And we found out that my house burnt down... The Rochester Fire Brigade captain, Luke Warren, who was celebrating his ninth wedding anniversary with wife Heidi, the treasurer of the same station, was elated to receive a standing ovation from the Rod Laver Arena crowd for his services to the community. Beautiful reception here, ladies and gentlemen. People do stand up right around the crowd here for our firefighters. Some here tonight, and of course, so many out there at the moment fighting fires, saving lives. Everyone saving is up on their feet, James Bracey. You don't do it for the thanks, but certainly the thanks is, and especially when you get a standing ovation, it's, it's beyond comprehension, really. It's something I've never experienced before, but um, it's just absolutely 100% moving. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's a good feeling uh, to get together, you know, as a tennis family. I think we could do always more. Um, we always seem to have time, you know. Uh, for causes like these, so uh, I'm happy to do it uh, here. It's just a small part that tennis comes together and small part that they play their role in providing some relief to those that have been so adversely affected. I mean, it's, it's unfathom, you know, just to, to, just to fathom what, what's actually going on um, and the devastation that's happening in our country. So it's, it was great to see the tennis community come together like they did. So far, the tennis world has raised more than $5 million for the bushfire relief effort. If you'd like to donate, go to ozopen.com forward slash aces. Well, that's it for episode one as we count down to the main draw of Australian Open 2020. Join me again on Monday for all the big stories from day one of competition. In the meantime, stay up to date with all the latest news on ozopen.com or tune in to AO Radio. And be sure to subscribe to the AO Show wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah.